Today's podcast is sponsored by RadRx, your source for quality online education for interventional and diagnostic radiology coding, taught by subject matter expert Stacy Buck. For more information and testimonials, visit RadRx.com. Struggling to learn interventional radiology coding? If so, RadRx has the perfect solution for you. Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Online Training Program. In this program, interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck breaks down the complexities of interventional radiology coding in easy-to-understand terms so you can grasp this complex specialty. Through her course, Stacy has assisted many coders with little or no interventional radiology coding experience in successfully passing the CERC exam on the first attempt. For additional information and testimonials, visit radrx.com. Welcome to Who Cares What Stacy Says, a podcast providing insights and advice on how to take your medical coding career to the next level. And now, here's your host, Stacy Buck. Welcome to Who Cares What Stacy Says. I am your host, Stacy Buck. In this week's episode, I'll be sharing eight keys to unlocking your potential. But before I get started, I want to share a quote with you from a book that I read several years ago. The book is called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And in his book, he says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And I feel that that's such a profound statement because it reminds us of all of the untapped potential that each and every one of us have within us. And so I want to ask you, are you living the life that you desire? That's the first question that I want you to answer. And then beyond that, there's a second question that I want you to consider. If you had unlimited resources and you could not fail, what would you do? I like to ask that question whenever I give motivational talks because it really makes people start to think about possibilities for their lives and think about untapped potential. Really, most of what we want to do and what we desire to do can be done. Unfortunately, we just let a lot of obstacles stand in our way and prevent us from moving forward in our lives. So I really want you to take some time and think about that question. If you had unlimited resources and you could not fail, what would you do? And that can be applied to any area of your life. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your career, really any area. Think about what the different facets of your life would look like or you would want them to look like if you had unlimited resources and you could not fail and success was guaranteed. And then use that for a starting point to assess your potential. So now let's jump into the eight keys for unlocking your potential. Key number one, pursue your passion. I think that is very important to find something you're passionate about and pursue that because that is what will keep you going day after day after day when things get tough and you encounter obstacles. So what is your dream? Maybe some of you are currently living your dream, or maybe some of you have a dream that you still have yet to realize. 
Some of you may have put your dreams on the back burner because of life circumstances, but I want you to start thinking about your life and dreaming about the possibilities for your life. And a big part of that is pursuing your passion. So some people say, well, I don't really know what my passion is or how do I find my passion? Well, some questions to ask yourself in finding your passion. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Sometimes that can be a good indicator of what you're passionate about. Myself, when I was growing up, I always was the teacher. I always wanted to play school and be the teacher. And that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. And interestingly, many, many years later in my career, what do I spend a lot of my time doing? I spend a lot of my time teaching. So that's something that I've always had a passion for. Also, you can ask yourself, what subjects do you love learning about and sharing with others? What activities do you look forward to doing? What would you do if you had an endless supply of money? And then what are your talents and strengths? Often those five questions can help us start to figure out where our passion lies. Some people already know what they're passionate about, and that's amazing if you already know where your passion lies. I would encourage you to start channeling your energy into those things that you're passionate about if you have not let not yet done so. So one exercise that you can do is you want to visualize yourself pursuing your passion. You need to see it before you actually can get there. And I find that's very effective in in my life. When I start thinking about something and I think about the possibilities and I'm constantly visualizing that in my mind, it tends to be a good motivator for me to move forward and take steps towards meeting a goal. And now I'm going to give you a little homework assignment about finding and pursuing your passion. This is a question that I used to ask in coaching sessions when I used to do life coaching many years ago. And I can remember asking one of my clients this question, this client in particular comes to mind because she said that this question during our session was life-changing for her. And that question is, if you could create the ideal day for yourself, what would it look like? And just from doing that simple exercise, she got a clear vision of what she wanted her daily life to look like. So not too long after that, she actually quit a job that she did not enjoy, and that was making her stressed out and sick. And then she started her own business. Um, pursuing her passion. She is an artist. And that is a dream that she always had to be an artist and pursue that as a career. But for many different reasons and things that happened in her life, it just never came to fruition. And it was through that exercise that she really got in touch with what she wanted to be doing with her life. And then she was able to make that shift. And I'm happy to say that she is still pursuing that passion as an artist and using those talents in many different ways. She actually started her own business where she was you know, having classes where people would come in and she would teach them how to paint and do just different types of workshops. And then eventually she did get a new full-time job, but it, she ended up being an art teacher at a school and something that she enjoys so much because every single day she gets to share her passion 
with children and she's really enjoyed that. So she's now in a job that she fully enjoys and does not stress her out and make her chronically ill. So that was a huge transformation just from answering that one question and really putting some thought into it. So again, I want to challenge you to take some time when you're done listening to this podcast and think about what your ideal day would look like from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night, and then think about practical steps that you can take to get there. Key number two to unlocking your potential is to get smart. And when I say get smart, I'm talking about setting smart goals. So where should you start in setting smart goals? Well, first, what are your three most important goals in the different areas of your life? What are your business and career goals, your family and relationship goals? Do you have any financial goals, health goals, personal and professional development goals, and any social and community goals? Start there and make a list of goals that you may have in those various areas, and then set SMART goals for each one of those goals. Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of writing SMART goals and what all that involves. You could do a Google search about SMART goals and learn how to write SMART goals. But for those of you who aren't familiar with SMART goals, they're called SMART, S-M-A-R-T, because each letter stands for an aspect of the goal. S stands for specific, M stands for measurable, A stands for action-oriented, R stands for realistic, and then T stands for time or resource constrained. Those are the components of a SMART goal. So as I said, you can do a simple Google search and then learn how to write SMART goals. And then once you have your goal set, you want to find some accountability. Oftentimes when we don't achieve goals, it's because we lack accountability. I know myself personally, when I'm left to my own devices and I'm not accountable to anyone, I tend to slack off on (laughs) working towards my um, personal goals. But when I'm accountable to someone else, it helps me move forward. One thing that I did um, several years ago when I was kind of stuck and trying to move forward with certain things is I joined a mastermind group. And the mastermind group was my accountability group because each time you would show up for a meeting, you would have to report back to the group about what you had accomplished or the reasons why you hadn't accomplished what you said you were going to do. So that was very helpful to me. So who can you use you know, to help you with accountability? Your boss can help you with accountability, your spouse, your children, a group or team that you're working with, or even a coach. Ask them to hold you accountable and set some consequences for not meeting goals, for not meeting milestones. Key three to unlocking your potential is mentorship. I feel that it's very important to find a mentor. Finding a mentor obviously could help you with the accountability factor in meeting your goals, but there are so many benefits to finding a mentor. So the benefits of mentorship, the knowledge and the contacts that come from that, you develop business and life skills, you gain access to insight that maybe you didn't have, it helps you with perspective and vision, It can also help reduce feelings of isolation. Um, And then wisdom and learning from past experiences, that's very helpful when you find a mentor. And that's what I like doing when I mentor people is I like to share the benefit of my knowledge and my experience and really help people 
avoid making the same mistakes that I made along the way. So that's really where a mentor can be valuable to you. It can also help you improve your performance, help you develop your talents, and you can use your mentor as a sounding board. And then it also teaches you how to become a mentor. So then you can mentor others and help them achieve their goals. So where do you find a mentor? Well, there are many different ways to find a mentor. There are interest groups that you may look into to find a mentor. Professional associations are another avenue. Obviously, most of my audience are going to be medical coding professionals and HIM professionals. So obviously, you can look to AHIMA, your component state association. You can look to AAPC. Um, and you can connect with a mentor there. But of course, it doesn't have to be limited to that. Also, books can be a way of um, a means of mentorship. There are people that maybe you consider mentors that you've never met before, but you have been influenced by the content that they create and that they put out into the world that comes in the form of books or even like audio video, like listening to a podcast. This is what I'm doing with my podcast. This is my way of giving back to the profession and mentoring other professionals. You can also look into getting a coach, a life coach that will work with you one-on-one. As I mentioned, I did that um, very briefly. That's something that I learned. You know, People ask me, oh, do you still do that? No, I don't do that. I found that I prefer speaking to groups and working with groups rather than doing the one-on-one coaching. I feel that that's something that certain people have a tremendous gift for, and I know a lot of amazing life coaches who have done a lot of amazing things with their clients, but I just found that it didn't really fit with um, the lifestyle that I wanted to create for myself and having a business where I was spending time doing the one-on-one coaching. So I'm really more focused on the group mentorship and group coaching. And then a mastermind group, as I mentioned, that is where I went for accountability and you can find mentors within a mastermind group. And a mastermind group, what that is, just briefly for those of you who don't know, is it is a group of people that come together And it's really the group for me served as my sounding board as um, to use them for brainstorming sessions and trying to come up with creative ways to meet some of my goals and overcome some challenges. So it's really just a great way to get input from other people and they will give you advice and insight that you may not have otherwise gotten. One of the things that I actually liked about my mastermind group is that we all were very different. We all came from different walks of life and we all were in the mastermind group for different reasons. And so the feedback that I got from everyone was very valuable because everyone was so different and so unique and they looked at things very differently than how I did. And they were able to provide me with actually some very helpful advice in that process. So you may want to look for that. Um, Just like you can Google smart goals, you can Google about mastermind groups, and you can learn more about mastermind groups. Key number four to unlocking your potential, carpe diem, seize the day. There's a quote that I saw a while back that said, there are seven days in the week and someday isn't one of them. How often do we find ourselves saying, well, someday I plan to do this or someday I plan to do that. And we really need to stop 
putting things off and saying someday. We need to seize the day. So how do we do that? Well, one thing that we need to do is we need to let go of any excuses that we have. You know, how many times do you find yourself saying that you should have done something, it's too late to do something, you can't do something? Really, we can do anything that we want to do. It's just a matter of how much time and effort into it and how much we're willing to sacrifice. Sometimes we do have to make sacrifices to move forward and achieve our goals and achieve our dreams. No one said that that path was going to be easy. I think sometimes what happens is that we also get stuck kind of in planning mode um, and how we're going to approach something, how we're going to move forward, or we're waiting for the right time or the right set of circumstances or until we have enough time. And what happens when we do that, we get stuck because it never seems to be the right time or we get stuck in the survival mode from day to day just responding to things that are coming at us. And so we don't really spend time moving forward and achieving our goals. And then also we want to look for opportunities, look for ways that something can work, look for ways that you can move forward. Don't focus on the reasons why you can't do something, shift your thinking and look for ways on how it can work. There, regardless of any problems that we face in life, there is really an infinite number of possibilities to solving that problem or overcoming that obstacle well beyond what we tend to think is possible. And that's something that I actually learned in a leadership seminar that I went to many, many years ago. Um, The company is called Clemmer and their leadership training and their exercises are amazing because it really helps you dig into the why Um, behind some of your behaviors and not being able to move forward and achieve some of your goals. And it just really shifts, you know, your way of thinking, at least it shifted my way of thinking um, and going through some of their training. But anyway, I don't want to get off on a tangent into talking about my Clemmer experience. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast on that and talk about what I learned um, from their training, not as an advertisement, you know, for them specifically, but just sharing how going through certain exercises actually shifted my way of thinking. Key number five, take risks. You know, I've heard it said that the only things in life that you regret are the risks that you didn't take. And I don't think that's 100% true because obviously I believe we all have done things um, that we regret. We've taken risks that maybe we regret. But I know that looking back at my life, I have more regrets about risks I didn't take and things that I didn't do versus things that I actually have done and risks that I have taken. So when you're considering taking a risk, some questions to ask yourself, what goal would I pursue if there was no risk? I think that asking yourself that question helps you get clear on where you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to do. Then once you're clear on that, ask yourself, what is the potential benefit of taking the risk? It really comes down to doing a cost-benefit analysis where you're also asking yourself, what will inaction cost me? There is just as there may be a cost to action or taking a wrong action, there is a cost to inaction as well. 
And even if you make a mistake, if you take an action and it's the wrong action, at least now you know that this does not work. You found a way that something doesn't work <laughs> and you can go back and you can start again. And then also you need to take inventory of your fears that you may have around taking a particular risk. You know, what is your worst fear? Ask yourself, what is my worst fear? And then also ask yourself, is my fear valid? Oftentimes, a lot of things that we are fear fearful of in our lives actually are not valid fears if we really stop and take a moment and dig into those fears and why they are there. And then another question to ask yourself is, how can I mitigate risk? And I think that's very important. There are so many choices that we make in life that involve risk, and we should think about how we can mitigate risk. I think that that's a very important question. And some of us are more risk tolerant than others. There are some people I know that are incredible risk takers and will like put like everything on the line to take a risk. That's really not me. Um, you know, I do take risks in certain situations. I have. And it's funny that, you know, some people say, oh, you're such a risk taker. Like, I admire the fact that you're such a risk taker. And I'm like, really, I don't feel that I'm that big of a risk taker compared to other people. Um, that I have observed, but the people who are saying to me that they admire me for being a risk taker, these are people who are very risk averse and always take the safe path and have a very low tolerance for risk. And so sometimes that's just a personality trait. Some people, you know, tolerate more risk. Other people have low tolerance for risk. So it's really just taking that personal inventory. And then again, maybe you start with a more conservative approach if you are less averse to taking a risk. Key number six is what I call fail forward. Let's face it, failure in certain areas is inevitable. It happens. But just because you fail doesn't mean that you should give up. There are so many wildly successful people that had many failures before they ever achieved success. Some of those people I'm going to share with you just briefly. Bill Gates, he was a Harvard, Harvard University dropout, and his first business was a failure. And now he is a multi-billionaire. Oprah, she came from a very tough childhood. She came from an abusive situation, and she was fired from her first job as a reporter because she was unfit for TV. What if she had given up at that point in time? Walt Disney, he was fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination and having no original ideas. Stephen King's first book, Carrie, was rejected 30 times. And then he took the book and threw it in the trash. <laughs> and we know where his career like ended up. Thomas Edison's teachers told him he was too stupid to learn anything. Henry Ford, he was a failure at three businesses before finally succeeding with Ford Motor Company at age 53. And then Colonel Sanders from KFC, he couldn't sell his chicken and more than 1,000 restaurants actually rejected him before he achieved success. And Michael Jordan, he was cut from his high school basketball team for a lack of skill. And so these are all names that we know very well. And these are some of the most successful people you know, who have lived on the planet and who are currently living on the planet. So I share those examples with you to show that the reason why they were successful is because they kept going. They didn't give up 
when they failed. They didn't give up when other people were trying to stand in the way of their dreams. So what are some things that you can do to fail forward? Well, you always want to take responsibility for your part. You do not want to blame others. And you also want to learn from your mistakes. You want to be careful not to repeat them. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, a lot of mistakes in my career, and some of them have been extremely painful mistakes. But when they're painful and there is a cost to it, those lessons generally stick with you and you tend not to make those mistakes again. Also know that failure is just a part of progress. You have to expect it. You know, it looks like people, you know, are, you know, come out of nowhere as an overnight success, especially in this day and age of social media. It seems that people just pop up out of nowhere and they've achieved all this great success. But in reality, very few people have a quick path to success. There's a lot that has been going on behind the scenes, you know, things that they have been working on for years. They've been failing forward for years. They've been pushing forward for years. And then finally it all comes together and then they have this tremendous amount of success. And that's what we get to see in the public domain, but we don't know about all of the challenges and obstacles that they faced along the way to achieve that level of success. You also wanna challenge outdated assumptions. Just do not accept things blindly. I think that we need to exercise our critical thinking skills. And I hate to use this cliche, like think outside of the box, but we need to think outside of the box beyond what's in front of us. And we need to be more creative. And then again, to fail forward, we want to take new risks. We don't want to become limited by past mistakes. All of these individuals that I just shared with you, Think about that. If they were limited by their past failures, they would not have achieved the success that they all have. And then persevering. You do not want to quit. You want to keep going no matter what. Key seven, sowing and reaping. So what does that mean? Well, if you want to reach your potential, then help others reach their potential build relationships with others, help them practice selfless sewing, sew into their lives, be generous to them and add value by sharing your knowledge and resources and believe in and encourage others. And sometimes I think we get stuck in this area, not that we don't want to help others, but sometimes we feel that we don't have anything to offer others. And that simply isn't true. Many years ago when I had attended um, a seminar, there was an individual that I met and she and I were like two peas in a pod. There were so many similarities between the two of us. And I was sharing with her how I felt like I hadn't made enough progress to be able to help other people. And she said to me, Stacy, you only have to be one step ahead of someone else to be able to help them take the next step. And that stuck with me. Even all these years later, I still think about that. And that had a profound effect on me. It gave me the ability to start stepping out and, and to begin helping others on their personal journey and serve them where I could, even though I didn't have all of the answers. I had some answers for them, but I didn't have all of the answers. And I just simply felt like I shouldn't take that leap unless I had all the answers. But guess what? None of us have all of the answers, but we can lean on each other and help each other out as best as we can. And finally, key number eight, keep on keeping on. And that one is very self-explanatory. 
let's face it, life happens. You will be hit with obstacles. You will experience delays. You will experience setbacks. We all do. And when that happens, it's important that we don't let unanticipated situations derail us, but we need to find a way to stay on track. If you get off track, then find a way to get back on track. And surrounding yourself with positive people who believe in you and will encourage you in those tough times, that will help you tremendously. And then also when you hit setbacks, you know, remind yourself why you are pursuing your goal, why you started in the first place. What is the payoff for achieving your goal? And then also, what is the cost of not achieving your goal? And one last thing, don't forget your homework. Answer the question, if you could create the ideal day for yourself, what would it look like? And then finally, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the podcast and remind you, if you have a question for me, you can submit questions to askstacy at radrx.com. That's askstacy, S-T-A-C-I-E at R-A-D-R-X.com. Or if you have a suggestion for a future podcast episode, you can send that to podcast at radrx.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a fabulous week. Thank you for listening to Who Cares What Stacy Says. You can connect with Stacy on social media. You can find her business page for Rad RX on Facebook, and you can connect with her personally on LinkedIn. Don't forget to check out the online training courses offered by Rad RX Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Online Training, or Cracking the Diagnostic Radiology Code Online Training. Thanks again for tuning in to Who Cares What Stacy Says, a podcast providing insights and advice on how to take your medical coding career to the next level.